quitethethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Long Term Memory. My name is Jack. And my name is Colin. How are you doing, Jack? Have you recovered from last week? Just about, mate. Yes, I am topless again. <laughs> it's still pretty warm, actually. So It's probably more more useful at this point if you just let the listeners know when you've got a top on um, when we're recording, because that would be, I'd, I'd be more surprised and taken aback by the sight of you with a t-shirt on these days than without. Yeah, uh, quick shout out to our Apple subs. Again, Apple fucked things up and things didn't get released. They were sitting there for days and days. So managed to get the stuff out. So back on form there. And we're thinking about changing things up a little bit, Colin. Um, Eagle-eyed people might have noticed that we're down to about 50 previous episodes on Spotify, Apple, whatever you're listening on. And we're going to bunch them into seasons, basically. So this is the end of season one, which has been basically a year, mate. So I thought it was a good place to wrap it up, just because we need a little bit of time off at times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, season two won't be a year. It'll just be maybe a collection that falls nicely into a season type thing as well, something like that, like we've done for the 90s. If you think about 1991 to 1999, it's probably a perfect season per se. So it's more probably going to be something like that going forward with the odd week or so off for us to just kind of research properly, plan some stuff out and deliver the best content we can. So if it's good enough for like your Joe Rogans and your Louis Farouz and all that, we'll take a go of that as well, Jack. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. Some of you might have noticed that stuff already, but uh, again, apologies to anybody that does sub an apple. They've they've been pretty hopeless, but we all know this. Anyway, mate, we have come to the end of the decade and it's 1999, so first thing that pops into your head, mate. Tonight we're going to party like it's 1999. Um, so obviously that Prince song is just synonymous with it. If you hear 1999 in my head, I hear Prince singing tonight we're going to party like it's 1999. Um, other than that, I suppose the thing that I probably remember most about it is the mad fear throughout 1999, building up to the year 2000, or should I say midnight on the January the 1st, 2000, because people were terrified about this Y2K bug, the millennium bug, remember, and they were saying that there was a good idea to go and stand outside your bank at midnight because the cash machines might just start kicking out money. Um, they thought all oh, computers were going to break because computers hadn't been programmed to understand the year 2000 as a number. All sorts of fucking nonsense, which ended up being absolutely nonsense. Nothing happened. But there was genuine fear, genuine worry. It was all over the news for months in the build-up to New Year, all about the Y2K bug, so to speak. And I remember finding that all quite interesting at the time. Yes, that sort of sticks in my memory as well. And Andy McGrillen, uh, the UFO guy, uh, he got in contact with me because of what he was saying later, but he mentioned that as well. So a lot of people will remember that. Now, I was listening to a podcast all night and it was about the Y2K uh, pandemonium. Basically, they were taking a, a look back at it. And through their research, they were actually saying that it kind of first got brought to light in 1989 or something like that. Yeah. Like a computer scientist went, um, our computers are only made dexahesimal or whatever it is, and there might be a problem come 2000. And there was arguments that over years people did work on it because a lot of computers might have broke, but 
what we didn't see was the people like fixing those problems behind the scenes so that things didn't go wrong. Because a lot of what they were saying was, and it's quite a well-researched re- pod, um, stuff you should know, which we mentioned. Oh, yeah, they're a good pod, though. Yeah, decent pod. So they, they do their, they're like proper researchers. Like I think they're two guys that maybe done research as a, a degree type thing, so they're pretty good at it. But they were saying like you probably didn't see a lot of the stuff going on in the background. Because there, there was, like you were thinking, oh, planes might fall out of the sky. Um, and obviously none of that shit happened. But, yeah, I remember that. And talking about Y2K, one of my most prevalent memories is the Hogmanay party. Going from 1990 to 2000, we were at a party in this city centre, Glasgow city centre, in like a friend's dad's flat who was away. And the fire alarm went off at about 8 o'clock and couldn't get it off. And it was on <laughs> the whole fucking night, and there was about forty yeah. people there, and that's it. So that noise, that fire alarm noise, is something that sticks in my memory for yeah, eight hours. It was on for. I was at a, I was at a party in Deacon's Bank with my girlfriend at the time and all her pals and stuff like that, and I had a big falling out with one of her pals on the night. Um, so the millennium started with a bit of a fucking drama riot going on. Ask a child if he or she is choking. Are you choking? Are you choking? We kind of split the research this week, Colin. We had to do it in a little bit of a rush. Some of you will know that there's been other stuff going on, um, but we're not going to get too deep into that. But we decided to split this, and you, you done the first part, you know, the sort of roundup of the year, and it does start in January the 1st, so it does, mate. Yeah, I, I did the part that involves just reading a one page on Wikipedia. Um... So January the 1st, the euro currency is established, Jack, and the European Central Bank assumes its full powers. So first of all, question for you. Did you realise, were you aware that the euro had been about as long as that? And have you ever wondered what it would be like or prepared the thought of if we all just had the euro? It would make life easier. I would have took a guess it was about 20 years ago that it started, yes. So I wouldn't have been too far off with that guess. I don't care. To be perfectly honest with you, like if tomorrow they went like we're in the euro, as long as your bank automatically changed to euros, okay, cool, <laughs> we're in the euro then. Like it really wouldn't have an impact on my my life. I think you might need to think about the price of things ever so slightly, but is it not kind of almost one to one now? Like yeah, it's, I, it's not far off at all now. It's very close. I don't even. For me, it's not a, a question of like wanting the euro or not wanting the euro. I would just be a I would be a fan of a world where we just had one world currency, um, where you could travel abroad and you didn't have to do mad gymnastics or mad calculations. I remember going to Spain before the Euros because that was a kind of go-to holiday thing for my family at that time, and it was pesetas still, and you had to do the maths all the time that a thousand pesetas was roughly five pounds. Um. And it was, it's just mad arithmetic that you don't want to be doing. You get it in America as well when you go there and the money's sort of differently and stuff like that. I think I'd be happy, Jack, in a world where everybody just has the same money. Um, let's make it dollars because they're, they be- they're the best looking currency. So just change everything to dollars. I'd be happy with that. It wouldn't particularly bother me neither. And it probably is something that will happen in the future. It probably will, you know. Like cryptocurrency, although I don't particularly understand a lot of it. That's kind of 
what that was trying to do was sort of break down the yeah the continental the barriers and the power of the bank and stuff like that. So I would imagine that in years to come, it will just be yeah the, the world yeah. pound, the world dollar, or whatever. I don't. I'm not somebody that buys drugs either. So I'm all for just getting rid of all sort of notes and actual money as well. Just get rid of a lot of it. I don't. I hate having cash. I absolutely hate it. I got given some cash a couple of weeks ago, and I wasted half of it just because it was in my wallet, and the other half is just sitting there because I just, I just don't like using money. I like using my cards and contactless. I'd quite happily live a world without actual paper, dirty currency. I hate it. It's not. It's not great, and I like. Like we says, I think we're heading in that direction anyway. Fingers we get to February and a guy called Colin Prescott and Andy Elton get in a big fucking massive hot air balloon basically and set an endurance record of 233 hours, so nearly 10 days in the air floating about. The question is, why? That's a very good question. Um, other than just to break that record, which... Which was a a noble thing to do. Well done for breaking an endurance record. But if we'd asked any listener, by the way, guys, in 1999, two guys set the endurance record for being up in the air in a balloon. Who were they? Not a single person would know. That's not their legacy. Um, I've always quite liked the idea of getting up in a hot air balloon. I think it'd be quite a nice thing to do with the wife. Quite romantic. You can go up there, have a bottle of champagne, pop the cork out into the sky and stuff like that. But I kind of want it attached to a rope so that it can only go so far. And then it comes back down quite safely, like the one one in Disney does. The idea of being up there, but literally just the wind controlling what you're doing, really. Fuck that. That's mental behaviour. And where did they shit for 10 days? Like, I'd imagine they just shat and flung it out. Just in front of each other in a wee basket. Turn your back, I'm doing a jobby. Yeah, I remember that Richard Branson weirdo was doing it as well. He was in a big fucking massive virgin air balloon. He was right into it for a while, told him. Um, Richard, yeah, he was right. Because it was more like a, like, it obviously wasn't just a fucking basket. It was more like a, a space shuttle type thing, like that sort of look it had. Yeah. And a big massive balloon. But no, I don't particularly get it. It's like, it's a record that nobody cares about for a start. Like, I heard about a record the other day that Lee Mack, the comedian set, which was hitting the most number twos on a dartboard in Pretty. one minute. In one minute? Wow. Yeah, I don't I, know if Daryl Stewart listens, who we know he plays darts. Pick another number, mate, and go, and you could probably set a record if you if you hit 15 sevens in a minute. Probably our record because nobody set it. Nobody cares. You've got a dartboard behind you. You could be getting in this. Yeah, that's a decorative dartboard because it's up about seven foot high. It's been mentioned a few times before, yeah. It's up far too high and it's just sitting there. I used to quite like that, so I was never good at it, but I enjoyed it. Um, April, Jack, April the 8th. This is a good idea how the world changes as well, actually, just in 20 years. Bill Gates' personal fortune makes him the wealthiest individual in the world due to the increased value of Microsoft stock. Windows 98 was out last year, so it kind of took over. I didn't know that. He did, everybody needed that GUI and it made him the richest guy in the world, um, which he did what he was for quite some time and then he started giving it away, just giving it away, just buying five billion mosquito nets 
and stuff like that. Yeah, he's basically eradicated. I want to say polio. I think you may be right. He's basically rid the world of that. So, and he's trying to get other billionaires to sign up to the the idea of giving away like eighty five, ninety five percent of their wealth because it it must. I know it'd be lovely to have that much money, but it must just get to that fucking. Thing. You can't. You can't spend that. You can't. You can, but I still don't think I'd be giving away ninety percent of it. I just don't think I could do it. Um, I'm probably too selfish. Um, as I, say, you just, I don't know, when you're in that sort of ballpark that these guys are in, then it's just a completely different mindset. And I suppose you do think differently because giving away 90% of what they've got still leaves you. You're still the super rich, aren't you, at that point? You're still, life is never going to be a problem for you. You can still buy anything you want, do anything you want. I just think if I was ever lucky enough to get myself in that position, the idea of just giving away 90% of it, although extremely noble, I just don't think I could do it, mate. I don't think I'm that built, that way built to do that. I'd like to think that maybe I'd, I'd have some philanthropic tendencies if I had that much money, but yeah, we, we might find out at some point, but I very much, very much doubt it. At the other end of the scale, even though it's, well, it's nothing to do with Bill Gates, really, is the Columbine massacre, which was in April the 20th, mate, where Eric Harris and Dylan Claybold killed 12 students and one teacher and then themselves. So this is the one that sticks out. Obviously, we had Dun Blaine, um, which was close to home, but this was the sort of first one that sticks in my mind, that it's two kids going in with automatic rifles and just plowing people down. So this was the, they called themselves the trench coat mafia or something, didn't they? Um, and I suppose it is in a way linked to Bill Gates very loosely because they used a Windows PC to play the game Doom. And the game Doom at the time was a kind of shoot 'em up game and you were able to reprogram the levels and redesign them. And they redesigned it to actually resemble their school at some point and actually did some sort of planning or I don't know if it was planning or messing about on acting out what they were going to do on Doom um, before they went away and did it. But yeah, these were two guys that were obviously just messed up in the head, not well. And unfortunately, they had access to heavy, heavy machinery, didn't they? And it was devastating what they did with it. Um, would it have been different if they only had access to little handguns or something? Probably not. Um, but it's just another tale of America and gun crime and at the time, this was shocking, mate, wasn't it? Now, when you hear about it happening now, you, you almost don't blink an eyelid because it's so often, isn't it? You're desensitised, for sure, yes. And speaking about gun crime, it was only a week after that that Jill Dando was shot dead on her doorstep down in London in she April was. 26th. Yes. Um, I think we spoke about this before, the guy that got put in jail and all sorts of confusion, in inverted commas, about... Yeah, there was a there was a local idiot uh, called Barry George, and he was an Irishman, wasn't he very clever, and he was a bit of a stalker. Although I don't think he, I don't think he, would, I don't think he'd done much, or she was that aware of him. But he was obsessed with Jill Dando, and when she died, he he almost fit himself up for it, um, and the police just went along with it because this was huge news. This was the presenter of Crime Watch. This was 
a big BBC star, and the police had to get a result in this, and they, the result almost fell on their laps. And they took it, they arrested Barry George. He spent about at least a decade or so in jail, I think, possibly more, and then ended up getting released on DNA evidence not long ago, and I think he got a big massive payout. Um, but yeah, so the guy that did, whoever did murder her is still out there kicking about, innocent, um, not being caught yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, we obviously don't know. He might be in jail for something else. Ah, well, it could be. Yeah, it, it could be your me. Uh, we just don't know. We it just don't know that. Yeah. Um, not evil can evil, but his son Robbie uh, on May the twentieth jumps over the Grand Canyon on a fucking motorbike. Okay, like. Yeah, if you're not. It's absolute madness. Like I know we boys all kinda of grow up idolising your dad and stuff like that. Most folk don't go into the same line of work as their dad. Yeah, you have this kind of dream as a wee boy that you're gonna do it, I think. Just I'm gonna do what my daddy does and all that sort of stuff. But very few go through with it. And if your dad's fucking evil can evil, then you avoid it like the plague, I would imagine. I don't know what Robbie Knievel's doing with himself just now, Jack, but I can't imagine he's he's all that well. Yeah. Evil Knievel used to know that he wasn't going to land things. Like, he would mm-hmm. say to people, right, I'm going to crash you. And that's why people fucking turned up to watch him. And he, he just did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There was no sort of science behind it. You know, you can work out speed, trajectory, X, Y, and Z. It was just a case of, right, I've got this bike and I'm going to go as fast as I fucking can <laughs> and try and go over that shit. Chances mm-hmm. are. I'm not going to make it. A lot of the time he didn't. All evil can evil. It's a bit of a horrible kind of thing as well. I think he was, yeah. There's some horror stories about him. That Maybe something we could delve into in our pod. Um, June the 1st, Jack, this is a good story for me anyway. I'm going to say something really wanky, right? But I can't find any other way of saying it. As a couple of content creators, as we are, we should probably look back on this differently than how we do. But I'm going to be honest. June the 1st, 1999, when Napster was launched, a music downloading service. Um, I was all over this shit, mate. Absolutely all over it. I was downloading all the music I could get my hands on and then eventually it would go on to things like Kaza and LimeWire and all that sort of stuff. Downloading TV shows, downloading movies. I was right into this back in the day. Um, but Napster was the kind of one that started it all. The the second golden age of piracy, as they called it, wasn't it? It was, yeah, I remember. I mentioned this before, I don't think I had the internet until I was 16, so I missed this, but going to my friend's house who had the internet and still remember the first song that he either downloaded or let me listen to, and it was Slipknot. Wow. Wait and Bleed, yeah. I kind of was a turning, not a turning point in my life, but I was like, well, I've never heard anything like that, I quite like it, so. Yeah, I remember you'd search, you would search for the songs that would bring up everybody that had that song, you could download it from them, and you would. Hello friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrongtermmemory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. 
search for the people with the best internet connections and you used to find ones American internet connections were different to ours and there was ones called T1 or T3 and literally the file would just fly down. You could download it so quickly, it was great. But even like even like TV studios and stuff got involved in this, Jack, because I remember Prison Break, the TV show, launched, right? And it launched just after Lost, and Fox actually put up multiple episodes, sorry, multiple copies of the first episode of Prison Break and named it Lost Season 2, Episode 6 or whatever, right? And hundreds of folk downloaded Lost, and got Prison Break, and that was their introduction to the show. That was how they brought a hell of a lot of people into it and got them into it. It was a mad kind of backwards advertising campaign that they did in order to bring more people to their new TV show. Really unusual way of doing it, but it worked. It's like guerrilla marketing almost. It's, yeah, it's exactly I don't know that at all. Yeah. I, I remember downloading it. I remember downloading Lost, and it was Prison Break. I said, what the fuck's this? I kept watching it and thought, oh my God, this is amazing. And that was me watched seven seasons of prison break after that yeah so while that was amazing a month later the Scottish Parliament opens uh, Queen Elizabeth opens it um, devolved powers basically not into politics mate yeah what to say about this one not a, not a great thing would probably be better overall if it hadn't happened but it's an impressive building I went to view it one day got a wee tour I um, got to stand at the one in the lecterns um, which was quite cool but yeah, probably not the best thing to go into just now, probably. Um, we jump ahead to September, uh, September the 9th, and Sega brought out a new games console, Jack, the Dreamcast. Um, never really took off, never really worked, but I do remember it being impressive in terms of the graphics and stuff like that. Um, Virtua Fighter and Sega Rally are the, probably the two games that kind of stick in my mind for being really impressive looking in terms of the graphics and stuff. Never played it for a second. No. Didn't know anybody that had no, it. No, I didn't know him to add. I used to just see it on Games Master with Dominic Diamond and stuff like that. That was how, how I became aware of it. But it did look really, really good. But nobody bought it and it, it didn't do well. It did not, yeah. Another sort of wacky record, I suppose, is that rowing shit where you just get in a boat and fucking roll it, fuck. And after 81 days and 5,500 kilometres, basically... Uh, Tori Murden becomes the first woman to cross the Atlantic Ocean by robot alone when she arrived in the Canary Islands in Guadeloupe. That's... I've said this before about fucking mountaineers, people that do this. They've either got some fucking job or they're loaded because I'm not getting 81 days annual leave to go and jumping about and roll up <laughs> yeah. no it's not just that like, if, if one of my friends was to turn around to me and say Colin I'm, um, I've quit my job and I've got myself a wee rowing boat and I'm going to row from here all the way across the Atlantic you'd think they were mentally ill you'd say what the fuck's wrong with you like, why are you wanting to do that um, really impressive to row for 81 days Like she must be proper strong with big arms and stuff like that but I, I, it's the same question as the guys in the hot air balloon what are you doing for 81 days in a boat in the middle of the sea? Like, how are you doing basic things like going to the toilet and having a wash? It's just mental. It's, it's just survival and, and endurance, I suppose. A couple of births in 1999, and this has kind of became my favourite thing because I just uh, command effort and search for rappers. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, who have we got that was born in 1999, Colin, and have you heard of any of them? 
Yeah, we've, one. yeah, we've got a rapper that I actually quite like, um, Little Nas X. Um, most people have heard his song Montero. It was quite popular in the charts recently. Um, so he was born in 1999. Um, there was also one called Trippy Red and one called Pop Smoke. And one of my favourites that I saw, you've you've put this one in, I did see it and didn't add it myself, was Young Boy Never Broke Again. Yeah. Uh, Rich Brian, but he's Indonesian. So, again, it's just something that I like to look at. And that was the rappers that were born in 1999. A couple of people died in 1999, unfortunately. We've got Big L. Um, he was a rapper. Again, because I searched for rapper. <laughs> but Stanley Kubrick died in 1999. I like The Shining. I've seen that. I don't know if I've seen many more of his films, to be perfectly honest with you, mate. What about yourself? Um, yeah, I've seen The Shining and it's quite good. And I have seen The Birds, which is quite good as well. Um not Hitchcock? Oh, maybe it is actually, yeah. I think I'm getting my it Kubrick. Totally is Hitchcock, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's more famous for Space Odyssey as this sort of other big one yeah his. nah I don't think I've seen any other stuff then but I'm sure he was really good he's popular um, Dusty Springfield died um, the singer um, probably more more liked by me because of what she did with the Pet Shop Boys but she was very very popular on her own as well um, she died and JFK Jr. died Jack um, the I think he's the middle son died in a plane crash um, which happened in 1999 as well. So they must be quite for being so rich and so well, they've done so well in life. The Kennedys are also pretty unlucky, aren't they? And it's weird if he is the middle child that he's got called after his father. Or maybe he's, he's not. Then. You would imagine he's the first child. Maybe as the first child. Yeah. Possibly. What are your thoughts on that naming? Naming your child your name because I one of my Mate's Colin. His son's called Colin. I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. I, I think it's so. My middle name is named after my dad, and I think that's probably a good way to do it. Just naming your children the same as you. I, I'm not really into it unless you're going to go proper embrace it, like George Foreman. So like George Foreman's got eight sons, and they're all called George. <laughs> um, yeah, but other than that, I'm, I wouldn't be mad into it. It's. I, I, that's, even if even in the house, it's, it's bad for the mum having to shout and then differentiate between the two. Should be calling and big calling, but yeah, those guys are fucking pies for doing it. <laughs> well, we'll just tell your mother that uh, that uh, we ate it all. Wrong term memory has joined forces with Pie Sports at piesports.com the pies are absolutely class. I love the Mr. Singh's chicken ambala. That is so tasty. That is a good one. I think my favourite would probably be the macaroni, though. I prefer meat in my pie. That's what she said. <laughs> Deary me. So, if I was to pick a second favourite, it would be the steak haggis and peppercorn sauce. It's not a bad choice for any of these pies, truth be told, Jack, because you've got things like the dirty mac, the mac and cheese, the black pudding traditional scotch pie, you've got the Mr Singh's chicken and bala like we spoke about, and if you like a bit of beef, you've got the beefy bake, the choices are endless. And even if you're trying to lose a couple of pounds like myself and Colin probably could, there is the skinny scotch which has got 40% reduced fat. 
Sounds good. And one of the best things about this company is you don't have to go to the bakers and stand in a queue with people full of germs to get these. You don't have to go to Asda. You don't have to go to Morrison's. You don't have to go to Tesco. Nowhere like that. You go to piesports.com, you select your pies, you put in your address and they deliver them to your house anywhere in central Scotland. It couldn't be easier than that. As a listener, you get special treatment though and you can win a box of pies delivered anywhere in the UK. All you've got to do is look out for hashtag WTM Pies on Twitter or use our website wrongtermemory.com and fill in the form there and you could win a box of pies each week on the show. May as well pass to a couple of other Scottish legends. That's magic. Well, what's that? 17 minutes ago, was it? Mm. We're in the house minding marine business, lying in my ribs, then boof, we're here on the high street searching for the beefy bake. Huh. That is the power of advertising, Jack Boy. Mm. We are the mere puppets of your marketing bigwigs. Marketing bigwigs, mate, that is us, and... I asked for memories of 1999, stories about 1999, and we're going to kind of come on to them later, but I will admit the entry level wasn't great, so I put out the old shout for pet pictures, and if you want to look at pet pictures, go to wrongtermemory.com, show notes, and this is 1999, you'll find a bunch of really cute pictures there, and my favourite one, and it was Jack Mayer, well done mate, two little French bulldogs, uh, I named them the Pie Dogs, and because they asked nicely on Twitter, uh, Jack, if you DM us, we will get those pies to you. Have you had a look at the pictures, mate? Did, was there any that jumped out to you? Like Big Alfie, he was, you know, he was a nice looking dog. There was, I liked a wee, there was a wee handbag dog that I liked, a wee cockapoo type thing or something that I, I would probably have picked. Yeah, um, I think it was but, the first one that came in. Yeah, but I liked the ones, I liked the idea of the Pie Dogs. Um, I think if you own the pie dogs, then you really want to commit to the cause and the competition. You can maybe rename them to Steak and Kidney. Yeah, oh, for, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, and Jack did a thing that I would normally say that sort of mental kind of middle-aged woman do, and that is speak to us like they're the dogs. Right. Because the picture was the two dogs, and then under it was we heard there's some pies on the go <laughs> so I quite like that Jack but it's, um, it's a middle aged lady thing to be doing but we move on it's been good to see some of our winners getting their pies and posting their pictures on Twitter as well so if you do win please do it um, pie sports don't send me and Jack any pies so it is good for us to get to actually see them so please continue to do that A little bit of culture now, pop culture, mate. And as always, we'll start with the films. Biggest film of the year was Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Coming in at number two was The Sixth Sense. And coming in at number three was Toy Story 2. Thoughts? Okay, I'll give you some quick fire thoughts on the three of them. Star Wars, biggest movie of the year and also the biggest letdown of the year. Um, The Sixth Sense, he's dead at the end. And Toy Story 2, she's brilliant. Star Wars 1 is the only one that I've ever seen because I I don't think it was doing particularly well and they ended up giving away tickets in the evening times which is a local paper in Glasgow and I went with one of my pals from school for free but you've, you've seen the, the actual Star Wars though surely no oh thank goodness well okay nope uh, I tried to watch version. I've seen the Blue Harvest versions no. I did try and 
jump in to Star Wars Episode 4 or whatever and I end up falling asleep a couple of Christmases ago it was on and I've never didn't hold my attention that much. Like, I don't I'm not a sleeper. Like I know a lot of people fall asleep watching films, like Karen especially. Just five minutes, that's her out. Um but that I don't know if that put me to sleep or it just because it was the Christmas period. Um I may have been feeling a little bit tender. Well take a look at some film debuts then, Colin, we'll let you battle through these guys that turned up, basically. Yeah, so it's definitely probably not films that you're going to associate with these guys, but this was their debut. So Idris Elba with uh, Belly My Man, Colin Farrell, uh, Farrell with The War Zone, James Franco with Never Been Kissed. I probably would have got him with that one. Um, I can never say this guy's name. Zach Galifianakis with Flushed. Galifianakis with Flushed. And Hugh Jackman with Paperback Hero. I would have said Hugh Jackman's been an actor for 40 years. I would never have guessed he made his film debut in 1999, considering all the stuff he's done since then. That's that's pretty cool. It just doesn't marry up with... Those other names. James Franco. Yeah. Especially that one that sort of jars to me. As Edith Selva was a DJ and, and shit like that first. Yeah, he was a DJ, and this was obviously before he was in The Wire and stuff, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he was in that film. Um, he just, James Franco and Hugh Jackman made their film debuts in the same year. That's bonkers, man. Absolutely bonkers. Doesn't seem right at all, does it? We'll get on to a little bit of music, mate. The singles and albums chart. You're the music man, so take these away. So the best-selling singles of the year, number one, Britney Spears, Baby One More Time. Everybody loved that video. Um, Blue, Dabba D, Eiffel 65. You'll still hear that every time you go to a Rangers game. And Cliff Richard. Try to jump on that Christmas number one market with the Millennium Prayer. Yeah, that is it. Um, albums? Where, albums. Where Everybody's Mum Bought Shania Twain with Come On Over. Um, Boyzone had an album called By Request back when they were still a five-piece. And Travis got the number for the album of the year with The Man Who. Um, I bloody love Travis. I thought they were great. Oh, hey. I like Travis a lot, mate. I liked, um, obviously, like, at the time, Oasis for everything. But I also loved equally Travis and the Stereophonics. I always have Travis and the Stereophonics in that same little bucket. Um, and The Man Who was the album. <laughs> I've got an irrational hatred of Travis. And Why? Again, you listen to Mad Techno. How can you hate them? I get, I've told you about my friend before. that I've not spoken to him in a long, long time, so he's not really a friend anymore, but he would do the impressions and, and shit like that. You know, like he would always do like, mad accents and uh, South Park and shit, and it was like non-stop all the time. You know the Travis video where the guy does the press-ups? And he's, think he's, so. in, he's in like the, the council estate, basically, and he's just... Uh-huh. He's doing the press-ups. When that came on, he would get down and just start doing press-ups. All the, like, every fucking time it came on. And I think that might be it. Because even at 15, I was thinking, man, stop being such a wank. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I get that. It's a shame to write off a whole band's discography over a guy who's not even your pal, whose existence has only ever became a thing in the last two minutes of this show to hear about. But... That's fair enough, that's cool. I hate Paul um, Weller because of his haircut. <laughs> that is okay, that's more than acceptable, that's fine. Uh, I don't hate him because of his haircut, I hate him because of the others that have chosen to try and emulate his haircut. <laughs> on Paul Weller, it's actually quite a cool pair haircut. Um, on these fucking six-year-old fucking weirdos, not so much. Um, 
art, Jack, we always talk about art and how art's mental. Um, on the 28th of May 1999, the Da Vinci's The Last Supper was put back on display in Milan, Italy, after being restored uh, with restoration work, mate, that took 22 years to do. Um, yeah, so, is Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper basically triggers broom if it was restored for 22 years? <laughs> I mean, the fucking paid the numbers we used to get, man, like, but it used to have the like the felt so that you couldn't get outside the lens. Yeah, like yeah. if it took 22 years to restore it, how how likely is it it's the same painting? It's just it's not the same painting. It's I don't know, not having it. But yeah, that's quite interesting. Twenty two years fixing that fucking painting. I've just googled it because I couldn't remember what it was. But have you ever seen the worst art yeah. restoration in the world, man? Yes, that, it's the face, isn't it? Is it? It's not supposed to be Jesus or something. I think it's meant to be Jesus. Yeah, and it looks like a fucking Simpsons character pancake after it's been restored, <laughs> man. Oh, oh, and she's. The images that have just popped up there, if you type in terrible art restoration, <laughs> do you remember the Christiana, C- Cristiano Ronaldo statue? Yes. It's not even a restoration, man, that but it's just there as a picture. There's, oh. there's a really good... I watched a, <laughs> Some of these are brilliant, sorry. Um, oh. I watched a video on YouTube the other day, and it was David Beckham getting a statue unveiled outside the LA Galaxy Stadium. And it was actually like a... It was fucking James Corden or somebody taking the piss out of him, they basically made the statue terrible on purpose and filmed his reaction going to see it for the first time, and he went fucking nuts, he was like, my family are coming over, they're not seeing this, it's ridiculous <laughs> and all that, um, but it was quite cool, but it was like that Ronaldo one, just awful, absolutely awful. Yeah, that sort of famous one's called, it looks like it's called Eki Homo, <laughs> <laughs> like, E-C-C-E-H-O-M-O, Eki Itchy Omo, I don't know what it's called. Itchy Omo. Yeah. So there we are. Um, if you've not seen it, once you do see it, you'll go, all right, that one. <laughs> like it sort of sticks out like uh, a sore thumb. Bing, bing, we'll be back in a minute. Email your memories to hello at wrongtermmemory.com. A little bit of sort of listener mail, listener correspondence, I suppose. Colin, I did put out asking for entries about memories of 1999, so it's kind of like that. And then I put out another two, but we'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. So Brian Archer uh, broke his leg uh, on his first family holiday. Again, I might have spoke about this before, but I know a guy that went on holiday and broke his femur, like the big massive bone in his leg, and the doctor wouldn't give him a shot of morphine until his pal ran up the stairs to get his insurance documents. Bloody hell, we're just sitting there with the morphine ready. Basically, I need to look that. Uh, go get the documents, basically. Fucking yeah. hell. Um, Dookie the Bear told a story about sharing an apartment on holiday in Lanzarote uh, with his now wife. Um, at the time, he was 15 and she was 21 with her boyfriend. She was my best mate's cousin just to avoid any doubt, and he does lots of smiling faces, smiling eyes, etc. So, what Dougie the Bear is telling us is, he basically stole his now wife from her boyfriend, and she was his mate's cousin. It's all very close, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I read that a few times, I couldn't really really wrap my head around it, Dougie. I I get the words that you've put in that order, but 
she's my best mate's cousin, just to avoid any doubt. I wasn't doubting anything, I just thought, you were like, I'm mad. Yes, here we go. Jagger, yeah. yeah. But, so, basically, yeah. he's married his friend's cousin, who already had a boyfriend, and she's six years older than him. There you go, right. that's the story. That's how he should have written it. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Rory, uh, I don't think he's understood me. I was asking for memories um, of 1999, but it's a decent enough story. He caught his mate trying to rob the safe to pay for a hooker. Uh, after he said he was going back to the apartment early as he wasn't feeling well. <laughs> all six of us being chucked out because of the ensuing Rami. Tenerife, 1995, he signed that off. <laughs> so it wasn't even 1999. Cheers, Rory. Yeah. No wonder your pal's trying to rob you. Um, Colin McDuff, um, with just five perfect words, my pal winched base hunter. <laughs> right. Just when a guy says my pal won somebody based on it's like a, a guy, I'm not saying you can't do that, but now you're uh, gone. Yeah, it's a guy, yeah. Uh, the DJ is the guy, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But maybe Again, um, girl pal he's got about a girl. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, people are doing that these days, it's all fine. Yes. Um uh, Weird Bear who's always getting in contact, which is good. Uh, did he win pies? He did. And he sent pictures, so good man. Get you from movies and of course, um as Rangers. Oh, not as Rangers, as we <laughs> hurtled towards <laughs> the millennium. Uh, the Y2K bug nonsense uh, no doubt made somebody somewhere a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Aye, Andy, a well-known crackpot, believes in stuff in the sky. <laughs> um, absolute clown. Get ran out of Glasgow and had to live in Newcastle. Um, he sat up all night on New Year's Eve 1999, just like he does every other night. Um, terrified <laughs> of... Looking at the sky, taking green <laughs> Terrified <laughs> of midnight because of number one, Y2K. And here you go. Number two is an insight into his fucking brain. Those little gooey alien eggs would come to life. Uh, only one was luckily true. So there's a real insight into how Andy became the man that he is. Check out the UFO podcast for more of his nonsense. Yeah. Gooey alien eggs. Was that the thing you would you could throw off walls and it would stick to them? I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, mentalness. The next two are in reply to a tweet that I put out about my friend who years ago would put himself in a fart position, basically. <laughs> we called it and shook it up his arse and do big massive farts. And I was asking, is that uncommon? And a few people got in contact with me. So Dean Smith, uh, my pal Moth, could also do this. He would lay on his back and get his knees up near his lungs and somehow shook air into his arse. So, yes, stand up and release it as a fart. Exactly like Mr. Methane. Wow. Um, I'll read this one carefully. Gavin Kelly had a mate called Mungo, who did exactly the same. Ironically, he joined the band in the army playing the trombone. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, that'll do us today, I think, mate. Yeah. I think it will, yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a sunny Sunday afternoon. I'm planning on going out, so perfect timing. Yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Anything to shout out then while nobody's listening? Um, nah, not really. Um, Married at the First Sight UK is back on TV. Everybody should watch it. It's great. Other than that, nah, not a lot happening in the world, mate. Fuck all happening. 
Yeah, I'm off work for I'm, I'm one week into two weeks off work and it's been lovely. Been fast uh, a bit, really fast. Yeah, it has been fast. Yeah, it needs to slow down a little bit. Um, but yeah, we know at the safari the other day actually, mate. You'll send me pictures. We I never did. covered that. Actually. Yeah, well, the whole the whole story is I'm supposed to be in Florida, I'm and I'm obviously not. So Lisa and I are just trying to kind of fill the time with fun stuff we would normally do. So went to safari, saw some animals. Um, we went to. Went to places you would never normally go to, but they were nice. We went to Aberfoyle. We went to Calendar. Um, we are doing so we've got some stuff planned for this week, just getting out and about and seeing stuff and making the most of the time, mate. Spending some time with my wonderful other half, so it's all good. Yeah, I know Lisa listens. So hi, Lisa. Hope you have fun. Hi, Lisa. And that'll do us. Yeah, we'll speak to you. We think we'll speak to you next week. We think, um, but season two. It might start the week after. I don't know yet. Bye! You're not in the bye anymore. Is that a fucking not hang anymore? That's, that's a season one thing, mate. Bye! Browse only the best pods in the best network. Quite the thing media.com